We've come to the part of the service where we have the word and we have Letitia with us this evening. And so she comes up, I want to pray for her. Perhaps you can stretch out your hands and we'll open our hearts to receive. Lord, thank you for Letitia. Thank you that she has given of her time to be here this evening. We pray that you would bless her, bless her family. We open our hearts to receive what it is that you want to share with us through her. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Trust you are well this evening. So there was a kindergarten or creche teacher um, in one of her classes, and she was walking around, and these about three-year-olds or four-year-olds drawing little pictures. And as a teacher would do, she'd walk around, and there were ones drawing little funny leg pictures and funny things. And she comes across this little girl, and this girl is so focused in what she's doing and intensely drawing her little picture. And so this little crutch teacher, not little, well, this crutch teacher stands next to her and she says to her, what are you drawing? And she says, I'm drawing God. And the teacher looks at her and she says, sweetie, nobody knows what God looks like. And she looks up and she says, well, they will in a minute. And so, <laughs> and so I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, God lives inside of me. Okay, God lives inside of me. We are, we are going, we are heading into an incredible theme for the term, but we won't be dealing with that tonight. We will be launching it next week, and the theme will be a body of heroes. The theme will be a body of heroes, and we will be launching that theme next week. But what I thought to do for tonight, as you are aware that we've been on this Disciples Quest, the theme for the whole year is the Disciples Quest, and we are looking at it from different angles. And this last season, we looked at it from Ephesians 3, um, not Ephesians 3, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And I know that Kewen spoke on Ephesians 3, and you'll remember where he spoke about the insiders and the outsiders. Yes. Anybody remember that? Yeah, a lot of hands. It was a very good sermon. Tonight, though, I felt to focus on Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. So could you grab, your, grab hold of your, your gadgets or your Bible? Anybody still using one of those hardcore Bibles? Well, the hard. Oh, a few. That's good. Okay. So in Ephesians 3, if you could turn to Ephesians 3, and we want to read um, from verse 14. And it says the following. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all, the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Such a beautiful prayer. 
And so on this journey, this disciple's quest, the quest will require things of us that only by the, being strengthened by the Spirit in God will we be able to face those things. And so I thought to focus on Paul's prayer and to say this, just to give you a little bit of context, and I know Kuhn did a very good job of giving you the context of the insiders and outsiders. And you, if you go to the first verse in this chapter, it speaks about the reason why Paul is in prison, okay? Because of that whole insiders, outsiders thing. He says, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, that's the reason why he's in prison, because he made the good news known for the outsiders, and the insiders didn't like it that much. But just to give a context of this prayer even, Paul is not in a fancy hotel room. He's not in the comfort of his home. He writes this, and he prays this prayer in prison, okay? He prays this prayer in prison, and it's a continuation of the prayer that he started with in verse 1, where he started praying out for them in verse 1, and then he goes and gives an whole explanation of the insiders out as that whole thing, and then he continues in chapter 3 with the prayer that he started off with. But what this really is, and what I love about this prayer, is it's a prayer of power. He's actually praying for power for the church of Ephesus. He's praying for power for them. And if I think of the theme that we're heading into, then we're coming of being a body of heroes. How many of you know that to be a hero, you need some kind of power, hey? To be a hero, you need some kind of power. But we don't want a brute power. We want a power that comes from God and that is given by His Spirit. And so there's two things that Paul focuses on in this prayer of his, and it's this. The first thing he prays for the church of Ephesus is this, that the Ephesians would be strengthened with power in the inner man through the Spirit, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. So that's the first thing he focuses on. And the second thing he focuses on is this, that they would be able to comprehend the incomprehensible love of God. Let that sink in for a minute. It's very difficult to comprehend the incomprehensible love of God. Yet God says this in the word. He says, what is impossible for man is possible for God. But it is only by his spirit that that comes about. And so when I looked at this prayer, the two questions that I asked was this. Number one, why would Paul pray that they would be strengthened with power in their inner man through the Spirit so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. These were believers he, would, he was talking to. Why would Paul pray that prayer for them if they were believers? And the key for me was in verse, and I'll tell you now, in verse 16, where he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner man. In verse 17, he says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The word there that's key is dwell, is dwell. There's a difference, and you would know this, from visiting a place and, make it, and taking a permanent residence in a place. 
What Paul was actually praying for these believers here was that Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would not only come and visit them in their hearts, but that he would make a, take up a permanent residence in their hearts and make their hearts his dwelling place. That's what Paul was praying for. He was praying that by the power of the Spirit, that Jesus Christ would come into your hearts by faith, but it wouldn't be a visitation that it happens today and then it's gone tomorrow, that it would happen in your heart and that it would happen permanently. Permanently. That it, that would happen permanently. I remember... Um, when we went on holiday, and I think Pastor Louis shared that whole thing of home and hotel. I don't know if you were here for that sermon. But when we go on holiday, if we're going to stay longer, and my husband knows this, we pack our bags out. So there's cupboards. You know you get your empty cupboards, and you have your suitcase, and we pack our clothes out And we, if we're going to stay longer. If it's a two-day trip, I ain't unpacking no suitcase. I ain't unpacking a suitcase. I'm living out of my suitcase because it just feels like a waste of time for me to unpack a suitcase and then to pack it back when I'm just going to leave in two days. And so I love what Paul says here. He says that we need strength from the Holy Spirit so that Christ will dwell in our hearts. Why? Because can I say this? To be a follower, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is not for the faint-hearted. And you don't know if you'll be living until 50, until 60. You don't know if you've given your heart to the, well, you know, you know, you, you, sorry. You don't know if you're going to be living on this earth until you're 100, until you're 102. Hopefully, I won't live till that long. I just don't see myself looking that old. But anyway, <laughs> if we, let's take a person for an example that's given their heart to the Lord when they were six years old. I've got a three-year-old daughter, and she gave her heart to the Lord last year, and I believe it was real for her. But now, for my little girl, the same prayer is applicable for her because of this. If Lisa is to live until she's 80 years old, and she gave her heart to the Lord at three, can you imagine how long that disciple's journey is for her? And it takes the power of the Spirit to have Jesus dwell in your heart and for you, for you to have faith of Jesus dwell in your heart to be able to journey that long and not go wake up one day and go, you know what, all this was just a whole stupid thing. I'm turning around and leaving this. And Paul knew that. This is Paul we're speaking about, a very learned man, and yet it took a revelation from the Holy Spirit on the road of Damascus Remember, this was not some person coming to Paul and reasoning with him and saying, this is who Jesus is. He was on this road of this Damascus and the Holy Spirit revealed to who, the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus to him. When he said, who are you? And he says, Jesus, um, he says, who are you? And, and Jesus says to him, Paul, it's Jesus, the one you're persecuting. It was a revelation from Jesus that transformed Paul. It was a revelation from Jesus and the, through the Holy Spirit that brought, brought Paul back or brought Paul into the kingdom. And so we really do need the Holy Spirit. Another example of this is when, and I shared it with one person just before we came into the service, and you've heard me say this again before. Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, who do they say I am? And Peter says, 
You are the son of God. And he looks at Peter and he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father. My father has revealed this to you. And I trust that tonight, even through the worship, that you have a, you've had a revelation of who Jesus is. I know one or two people gave their hearts to the Lord. And I want to commend you tonight because it was not by flesh or blood, but by the Father through his Holy Spirit. So I just want to give you a hand of applause. Can we just give them a hand of applause, those who have given their hearts to the Lord? And so Paul prayed that they would be strengthened in their spirit through the Holy Spirit, that they would be strengthened in their inner man through their spirit. And here's the thing about that. If we say that we on this quest of disciple, this disciple's quest, that is not for the faint-hearted, that is for the bold and the brave and the courageous, and that it doesn't take our own effort, but by the Spirit, then this is what I want to say to you. When Paul speaks about, when Paul prays for them to be strengthened in their inner man, he's not praying for this. Can I say that again? Because in the prayer, you, you listen, he says that he prays that they would comprehend the incomprehensible. See, we comprehend with our minds, but when it comes to the incomprehensible, it takes the inner man to have a revelation. Because sometimes things go beyond our knowledge and our earthly wisdom. Is that not so? Here's a thought for you. If it is scientifically proven that you cannot walk on water, and Jesus walked on water, is that comprehensible? Is it comprehensible? Can you comprehend it with your, if you think science and you think, can you comprehend someone walking on water? It's supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. Here's another one, and this is an own example for my, my life. My little girl, Lithe again, she was two years old, and she, um, I think we were in a rush, leaving the home, and she put her finger in the door, but her dad didn't see it, so she was holding the door, and as we rushed out of the house, he closed the door accidentally, and it broke off her whole nail on her wedding finger, and it broke it off from the nail bed. So we rushed to the hospital, and this happened like, what, two, three years ago? Rushed to the hospital, she was in agony, so she, never stopped, she didn't stop crying, and we got to the emergency room, and the doctor just said to us, listen here, ma'am, it's very bad. It's broken off from the nail bed that the nail bed is actually damaged. You're not going to have a nail grow back there. It's just going to be skin. Okay? So you take the, the doctor's word because he knows what he's doing and he says this. So I'm like highly disappointed and the ladies will know why because it's the ring finger. Um, and so I walk away then I go, okay, this is what he has said to me. He has said that she's never going to have a nail grow on that finger, that it's just going to be flesh. Okay, so I walk away from there. And the Lord says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Not by flesh. <laughs> flesh doesn't reveal that to you. It's the, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And I go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, but the doctor said. How many of us do that? But the doctor said. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you, but the doctor said. And I remember coming to Life Changes in the evening that very week, and one of the pastors walked up to me and he said, you know what? I felt the Lord said, I must pray for your little girl's hand. And I said, well, anything would do right now. So please do pray for a hand. And he prayed for a hand. 
And within two weeks, the nail grew back. Two weeks. Two weeks. Supernatural. Supernatural. And so when Jesus says, sorry, when Paul prays for them, and he prays that they would be strengthened in their inner man by the Spirit, he's praying for the supernatural that would go beyond this natural realm where it's impossible with man but possible with God. I'd like to use the illustration now, and I'm going to call my, my three guys up, but I want to say this. I know I've just spoken about my little girl's hand, but you might be sitting here with a problem that's way bigger than that, a problem that's way bigger than what I've just said. And here's the thing. When we are filled with the Spirit of God, Paul is writing this from prison, but he knows that when we are filled with the Spirit of God, it does not matter what we go through because the Spirit sustains you in that very difficult situation. See, he sustains you in that very difficult situation. <clears throat> but I just want to illustrate something quickly, and it's this. And I think some of you might have seen this. I think most of the year of your life is, or X year of your life is. But it's this. If we say that life is hard, this is life. This is life. Does life feel like this? <clears throat> the flames are probably burning higher than this in some people's lives, but... Let's say this is life, and life can be tough, life can be hard, life can be difficult. And if we talk about being filled with the Spirit of God and that it sustains you through the difficult times, then surely we would see that in all the examples that are in Scriptures of those that have been filled by the Spirit that went through difficult things. And I can give you an example now, even Stephen that was stoned, Peter, Paul, um, different examples of people that have gone through difficult things but have still kept the faith. But I want to show you something now. Say these are lives. So say these are lives that go through difficult things, and the first life you get is someone that doesn't believe in God at all, someone that's not filled with the Spirit, not that Justin isn't, but um, not that Justin is um, not filled with the Spirit and hasn't given his life to the Lord. Um, just want to make that clear. But say Justin is one of the believers that have not given their hearts to the Lord at all. That is not filled by the Spirit. When the days of difficulty comes, hold your life up high. <laughs> this is what happens. When difficulty comes, the person is not able to withstand that difficulty and those challenges because it's too difficult for them. And you have so many people that sometimes take their own lives, so many other people that commit crimes and bad things that just, it's too hard for them, it's too difficult for them, that their lives um, is not held together by something. And not to say that Justin's life will end up like this, um, but that's just an example that if you're not filled with the Spirit or strengthened by the Spirit, that when difficult things happen, this is what happens. In Proverbs 24, it says this, if you fall apart in the midst of a crisis, there was nothing to you to begin with. And that, for me, speaks about character. That, not, that's not you, Justin. Okay? That, that, for me, speaks about being strengthened in Christ. So if you're going through something difficult now, and you're going Yes, I don't think I'm going to make it. Can I say this? 
ask the Holy Spirit. He is your helper. Really, I really believe in that thing. I believe in it with all my heart to ask the Holy Spirit. He is our helper and that we wouldn't have to see ourselves go through this. Then you've got a second group of people. Thank you. A second group of people. Have you, I don't know, I'm not going to point anybody out, but I've been one of those two. Those self-help books, okay? Investing in the self-help. Self-help diet, self-help books, self-help, self-help, self-help. Where's the focus? On self. The focus is on self. And I just said now that Paul was praying for the spirit inside of them because it's not our own efforts. It's not our own efforts that we can do this disciples quest by. It's by the spirit of God. So this person (laughs) goes through the very same challenges and this is what happens with all his investment in self-help books. It's a whole bunch of coins that just fell down. Everything that is invested just falls to the ground because it's not sustainable. And I'm not talking about investing in education and things like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not at all saying that it's that. It's that. I'm talking about the self-help things without the Spirit of God. Those things, can I tell you, they may last you for this little bit. But long term, long run, I don't think it will hold when the difficult, difficult things come. Those things don't hold. And then we've got the life, okay? Guys, this is filled with water, just so you know, but I want him to hold it above his head. Okay? So this is filled with water. Are you ready? Okay. Is, is there any scientists in the room here? No one? Okay. A one. So this is a life filled by the Spirit, Okay? When the difficult things come, this is what Paul was praying for them. Is anything happening? No. And it's this, the scientists, guys, you can talk to them afterwards. They'll understand what that was about. But it's this. Paul was praying that they would be full of the Spirit so that When the test and the trials and the tribulation comes on this disciple's quest, that this thing won't pop. That who you are on the inside, remember the behavior matches your actions, your actions, your behavior. Remember that thing now? That our whatever we believe would be matched by our actions. And what's nice about this is, turn it around. There's a mark to prove it. And how many of us sitting here are walking around with testimonies where we've come out of difficult things? Hey, amen. I don't know, I'm one of them. Hey, you guys are welcome to sit down. I'm one of them where you're sitting here this evening and you have a testimony of this thing coming. Well, it's not working now, okay. Well, your life being tested, but you withstood that test. And you were able to withstand it because of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, which is wonderful. C.S. Lewis has an amazing quote, and I want to ask them to put it on the screen. It's not working. Okay, I'll read it to you. He says this. Okay, he says this. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can imagine, sorry, at first, perhaps you you can understand what he is doing. 
he's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in, in the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. Paul was praying that by the power of the Spirit, not their effort, Christ would make a home in their hearts, that he'd live inside them, a continuous thing where God would transform them from the inside out. And so maybe there's things that you don't understand why this stuff is happening in your life the way it's happening, but maybe he really is taking off a bit of a drain there and adding a pipe here, and it's uncomfortable and the things are not easy. But can I say this, that if a king wants to make a home of your heart, you can only expect the best. You can only expect the best. But sometimes the best doesn't come about with just pleasantness and roses, but it comes about with some things being removed that is painful and some things being adjusted. And so Paul knew this very well that no matter the circumstances, that even when things around him were at its worst, he was not shaken in the inside, but strengthened by the one who had come and make a, who had come and make a home in his heart. You see, when Jesus makes, and even with the Holy Spirit, when he makes a home in your heart, he really does mean it forever. He, he, he wants to take a permanent residence in your heart. And that only happens by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit. In Revelation, he says, and I love what happened tonight, where there was an opportunity for those who want to get to know the Lord, to come to know the Lord. Where he says, I knock at the door. Whoever opens the door, I will come in. And I will, hey, I will have fellowship with them. And fellowship for me speaks about a long-term thing, not a short-term thing. The second thing he focuses on his prayers in verse 18, he says that they may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. Can I ask you a question tonight? When was the time you felt most loved by someone? Was it a time when things was going all smooth and everything was going well? Or did you know that someone really loved you when you were at your most difficult time in your life, when it was the most difficult for you? Isn't that the times we really know that people are our friends and, and that they'll stick by us? Is when we go through difficult things, but they don't leave our sides. Hey? Or is it in the nice times when you just, and I, I'm sorry, I'm picking on the, the new couple here, Jason and, and, and his beautiful lady, is it, is it when you're just in a fresh new relationship that you feel this is love? This is it, hey? Or is it like, and I'm going to honor Pastor Harry and Auntie Winnie here. How many years now? 46 years. 
Okay? 46 years, and I can guarantee you, hey, it wasn't always smooth sailing, hey? But that's, that's what the Lord, that's what the Lord wants to do in our hearts. And here's the thing. I had a, I had a thought, and I believe it's a revelation from the Lord, is this. When we go through difficult things, that's when we test the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of God's love. You know why? Because when you go through difficult things, that's when you can really test how much God loves you. That's when you can really see, yes, the Lord really loves me. I'll give you an example. My parents died when I was 24. My dad died in a very bad car accident. And two years later, my mom died of a stroke. And I think it was just too much for her. I was 26, the oldest of four. <laughs> no mom, no dad, no income. A little bit of ministry assistant money. I have to look after my siblings now. I was a mess. I'll say that. But not a mess where my life exploded like Justin's life here. Because then I would not be standing here at all. Okay. But the Lord showed me in that time that his love can sustain and that he can be a parent even when I don't have parents. And I can say this with all confidence because I've gone through that now, that God never takes away the bare, I mean, God never takes away your essential because he is your essential. He might take away your benefits, but he never takes away your essentials because he is your only essential. You cannot breathe, you cannot move without him. The fact that you are sitting in your seat now and breathing is because he's holding you together. Your lungs are working because of him. Did that just sink in? And so when, they, when Paul prays for them, and I believe it's this, when he prays for them, that they would have the power of the Holy Spirit to grasp the incomprehensible love of God. He's saying God strengthen them so that when they go through their difficult things, they won't crack but that by your spirit, they would be able to test how much you love them. So that when they're going through difficult things and they know how much you love them, when the other people, and, and Kewen was speaking about witnessing and evangelism now, and that we're in the season of evangelism, do you know that we are evangelists through witnessing through our lives? We are living letters. We are the living letters. And so the way I live through difficulty and through good times is what's witnessing to the world around me. And Paul's praying this for them. He's saying, God, I pray that your spirit would be so full in them that when they go through difficult things, <laughs> that they would not crack, that people would see there's something different about these people. There's something incredibly different about these people because of God's spirit. And how many of you know that when we go through difficult things, people are watching us? Right? They're watching us. They watch how we, we do this Christianity things when things are not so good. And if we do it by the power of his spirit, we raise Jesus up in our lives and men are drawn to Jesus because of that, which is amazing. If they were to grasp the incomprehensible love of God, this would happen. Firstly, they would become bold confident, and fearless. Now, I can say this. Have you ever seen someone that, is, that knows they loved? Have you seen people like that? They know that they loved. 
I'm not talking about arrogance now. I'm talking about people that are confident. They just know that they loved. I've got a, two of them back there in the mother's room. They know they loved. So they walk up to people and they go, hello, my name is Velisa. Do you know Jesus? I go, really? I don't think you know Jesus yet properly, my baby, but okay. Um, so they walk up to people. They're not afraid. And what God wants us to be in our lives by the Spirit is bold, confident, and fearless. Not arrogant, not proud, not rude, but bold, bold. Peter was bold. Paul was bold, okay? That we'd be bold, confident, and fearless. Confident in what? Confident in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, doctor, a nail broke from the bedroom, from the nail bed, but it will grow back again. Not, yes, doctor, oh, sorry, Lise, no wedding photos for you on your wedding day on that hand. Not that at all. Not that at all, hey? Confident, confident in what? Tia was saying it, you're going through whatever you're going through, but I'm confident in the love of God that endures forever. Fearless. Have you seen people that are fearless? I mean like proper fearless now, not trying to be daredevils. I'm talking about proper fearless. People that are fearless in the love of God. It says in John that perfect love drives out fear. If you want to see how much someone is really loved, <laughs> if you want to see how much someone's really loved, check the fear levels in their lives. And I'm not talking about being now weird and, and doing horrible things. I'm not talking about that now. Not horrible things, like weird things. But I'm, I'm talking about Someone that's so confident in who they are in Jesus that they don't need man's affirmation to tell them that they loved, to tell them that they matter, to tell them that they're worth it. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm, I'm just talking about a love of God that casts out fear to do that which God has called us to do. Second thing he talks about is, well, not that he talks about, the second thing that comes about when the love of God fills our hearts is that we able to express the character of God. I often thought of this. So Moses, in the Old Testament, he goes, show me your glory, God. So I'm expecting glory. You know what I mean? Lightning, thunder. <laughs> okay? And here God passes in front of Moses. How amazing is this? And what does he show him? His character slow to anger, abounding in love, gracious and compassionate. When God's love folds us as believers, and I think of this body of heroes that we're going to be doing now, if we are to live that out in the world, we need to be fearless, but through the love of God, and that we would be able to express God's character, and it is this, to be slow to anger, abounding in love, rich in mercy, all those things. So here's another thing for you. You want to see how full someone is of God and his love? Check those characteristics in their lives too. Because if we are disciples of Jesus Christ, then we are to model that which he is. And so if he is slow to anger, abounding in love, rich in mercy, but he's also just, then we are to model that and express that in our lives. In John 15, it says this. Jesus says, you want to bear fruit? Where do you bear it? In him, connected to him. And so this thing of being filled with the Spirit of God to do the impossible, 
that, that seems impossible for man, but is possible with God. Jesus says, apart from me, you cannot do it in John 15. He says, apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. And so if we talk about the reaching out to people, if we talk about transforming our world in your schools, in your universities, in your homes, if we talk about that, it all comes about by the Spirit of God at work in each of us. I was service directing last week, and this thought just struck me. I shared it with Jared at the back there. The same Spirit of God (laughs) that raised Jesus from the dead, that my very faith is built on. Can I tell you, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, there would be no Christianity and belief. Our faith is based on the reality that Jesus rose from the dead and that there is eternal life after death. And that same spirit which was at work in Jesus is right at work in you right now. He's at work in you right now. And that's why you can have revelations of Jesus. That's why you can hear his voice. That's why you can have a hunger and a yearning for him. And so I love this prayer that Paul prays for this church, that we would be a body filled by the Holy Spirit with power so that Christ would not only visit in our hearts, but that he would live in our hearts and that that same spirit would help us when we go through difficult things to be able to test the heights and the depths of God's God's love for us. And so I want to challenge you tonight. Now for you that have given your hearts to the Lord, well done. But it doesn't end there. But the Lord wants us to be full of his spirit. He does. And so I'd like to ask the worship team to come up. And as they play a song, I want to trust God for this. That if you have never been filled by the spirit of God before, and I'm going to call the leaders up too, that we would pray for you to be filled by the Spirit of God, because it is by His Spirit that you would be able to live out this life of Christianity and belief in Jesus Christ. And that if you have been filled by the Spirit, but you want a fresh, fresh infilling of His Holy Spirit, then I'd like to invite you too to come to the front and to ask the Lord to fill your cup, because we all need that. We all need to be filled now and then, because we give and we give and our give, we give, and our cups and sometimes run dry, but not really. And to ask the Lord to fill you by His Spirit. So if I can ask the leaders to please come to the front, and I just want to pray, Father, thank you that it is not by might and not by power, but by your Spirit, Lord. That it is by your Spirit that we have a revelation of your Spirit tonight. And I want to pray that as the worship team just ministers now, Lord, that you would stir your people, those who need to to be filled anew with your spirit, that they would come so that Christ may dwell in their hearts, dwell, not just visit, dwell permanently, not by their effort, but permanently in their hearts through faith. And so that we can comprehend the incomprehensible love of God. And so I'd like to invite you, if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, we'll like to lay our hands and pray for you this evening to be filled with the Spirit. You're welcome to come to the front. In Jesus' name.
Amen.